Hello and welcome back to another Loud and Proud podcast. It's uh, episode 145 to be exact. And I think the number of podcasts are going to grow in the next couple of months. Um, certainly this month anyway. May. May is a great time to sign up to patreon.com forward slash loud and proud. Especially start of the month you get all this month's podcasts and all the back record or the back collection of the archive stuff there. I think there's over 100 podcasts. Going right back to when we launched, um, I think it was August last year for the championship. Um, the champ pods has blossomed and it's it's I've carried on since even through lockdown and what have you. But this month it's going to be hectic. I'm just looking at my plan here. And obviously Sunday night or Saturday night after the game, you're going to get your Talking Points podcast like that's going to flow through the game and maybe get the manager's reactions. Uh, then looking for, then further on the week, you're going to have to look and anal- analyse in the game. Uh, and then you're going to go through, I'm going to be picking my team, I'm going to be picking through the team that has been picked. That's another podcast, that's two. And then I have guests lined up that's going to preview the county, get an insight to the county we're playing. So I'll have someone on from Antrim. Uh, I, I do have them, I just don't want to give the names yet. Leitrim and Sligo, so former players from those counties. Um, and managers or esteemed players in that area um, and old friends of mine as well so they're all going to be on a previous that's in three podcasts so you're looking at three or four podcasts a month on Loud GA and I haven't even talked about my preview podcast on the on, on each and every competition as well then there's managers out there that I'd love to get talking to from the county as well um, there's plenty of stuff going on on the local scene as well um, local fundraising and what have you I'm going to get them on as well give them the time to talk about what's happening and how you can get involved or how you can get behind that, each club's uh, thing that's happening so just yeah, just to let you know so there'll be tons happening sign up to patreon.com forward slash loud and proud for all this content and uh, hype I suppose because finally now there's football on and we're pumping out the podcast and they're not going to be they're not like you listen to them all in one setting but it'll they'll be current to be reactionary to actual what's happening to uh, to the news, to the teams, to the games, to the the previews of the matches, to reacting to what happened in the matches. So there's going to be loads there and loads for you to get get involved with as well and to react with yourselves and get the feedback on it. So we'd love to have you on. We've plenty there in the community at the moment, plenty of members or I don't know what you call them, loud and prouders. Um, but yeah, plenty more there to, to come in and come and get involved. I'd love to have you because, yeah, I love talking about loud football, hurling and camogie and ladies football as well. It hasn't been that much on, I've still been talking about it. So when the month of May is here, like it is now, get in, get signed up and get listening to it because there'll be loads, loads happening. It won't be just me talking either. I'll have plenty of people to bounce off with an actual game being played um, news came out thanks very much for that so the 10th of May um, I got we all got I got we got we all got great news that the clubs will be back training the uh, in pods of 15 non-contact um, which which is brilliant news brilliant news on top of a brilliant week I always I actually forget if, if I got fed up doing predictions or making predictions on when we'll be back so I, I what I what I ended up doing was I I just said oh look it'll be I I kept putting it off September October or whatever we get back, so I would kind of give myself a great chance of being surprised or being happy when I hear the news that we brought forward, so it's brilliant that's br- something that's 
something like what was it, ten days, eight days to go till uh, the adults are back on the pitch. So, like, it'll be just brilliant, just brilliant. Because after what, at least a lot, like five months this year, anyway, without kicking the ball with 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 lads or in a group in a group setting, I've seen everyone there in the one place. It was just magic to get back. And I mentioned earlier, like, on top of a good week, like, what a week we've had. Um, I know I said mentioned last week that we you'll be drowned out of it with uh, feel good videos of kids getting back into their communities and playing football and back, return to the pitch. And it, it just, you couldn't get enough of it, to be honest. Um, and like I said before in this podcast, um, this generation is just going to be like so grateful and so appreciative of getting back out on the field that I don't know if we have anything to worry about. And if the reaction this week to the kids, like I know even my own, that just getting back down into the into the heart of the community, which is the, the Gaelic pitch. We've seen how much work they the, each club has given back during COVID. It's given something to the club to the communities for generations. And then, even when there was struggle or isolation, you always look back at the club. You look back at old videos, look back at old clippings, and look back at stuff that were regurgitated from the past. Um, and then the people that you found out you kind of miss most were the people from the club or your friends or your, your mentors or people you play with because I know the kids have been back to school but getting you know, like some some kids for example mightn't even be like more comfortable in a, in, a, in a school setting and they might be really 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 comfortable on the pitch and even if you if you are in a, like like the school setting it's it's great to be taken out of your comfort zone and taken into these places on the pitch with your friends and, and messing and playing. And then on top of that, it gives you that sense of community because you're looking at all these familiar faces. You're looking at your neighbours. You're looking at people from the village, people from the town, people from where you're from, where you grow up. Or even if it's not where you grew up, it's people from your father or mother's um, home, to home place. So it's just a brilliant, brilliant week and it's a brilliant reminder and it gives that sense of feeling... And that that of community of like fun and good self esteem that'll stay with them, and that's why I think this generation are going to be even more like this next generation are going to be more and more appreciative. Because you look at it from a child's eyes, like it's been weird the COVID, they haven't been able to go in and see their 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 relatives, they haven't been able to go into people's houses, and now all of a sudden they're. Um, be given this burst of energy and life to go down to the local GA club to play football in Horland with their friends and whack them with Horleys or jump and hit the ball with their friends and like the school teachers there and it's just it's just amazing like of a feeling that it'll give them it might overwhelm some but that over that that overwhelm the soon get used to that but it'll just be such a good week for them um, and I'm buzzing off it so much so that. Um, I, I I met up with Steve Williams. Had a call with Steve Williams during the week. Uh, the new leg goalkeeping coach. Um, really enjoyed it. He's worked with Ireland. He's um, talked about the fundamentals of goalkeeping. He worked with Rory Beggan as well. Kind of had him as his pet project and development under Eamon McInerney. Um, up in Monaghan that time. He's talked about development goalkeepers. He talks about the fundamentals of goalkeeping. He talks about um, Stephen Cluxon as usual. And um, I talked about his own GA career as well. So it was a really good interview. It was on Patreon, but I'm feeling that 
um, positive after the, the week with the kids back and the future of the GA being in good, safe hands, re-energised. Um, I'm going to put it out there. This, that's what the pod's going to be coming up next with the um, Steve Williams interview from during the week. Um, and then I'll, I'll come and I'll finish at the end and see you at the podcast. But um, if you don't finish out, thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed this interview, this bonus podcast for people who haven't signed up for Patreon. Um, and if you if you feel like signing up now is the time to do it. Um, it can be really really chock a block with information and crack and content and previews and reactions and analysis on the game. Um, even even during the week, um, the, there's there's been rumours that there's been players dropped off. The loud panel the panel has been cut from um, forty five to forty three to thirty five as well now. Yeah, I think there's, there's rumoured to be eight players gone. I'm going to have those eight players um, and go through it then. That'll be during the week as well. So do sign up. You get the latest news and goings on in the county uh, and across the board in football and hurling as well. And I suppose that's it. Yeah, so let, let's enjoy um, Steve Williams, my chat with Steve Williams on Patreon, uh, pod, uh, Letter Pride podcast during the week. Steve, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. No problem. You're 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 a very very busy man these days between uh, work and coaching. But how how when does the, how does the loud GA gig get on with you? Um, well, I suppose when I when I left my role at Dundalk FC, uh, Peter Fitzpatrick was on to me a few weeks before, and they were looking for a goalkeeping coach to come in and and work with the live goalkeepers. So um, he just gave me a quick call. I kind of was leaving Dundalk end of the season anyway after the Arsenal game and and I kind of jumped at the chance obviously because Mickey Hart was on board and obviously I've worked with Mon in a few years about five, six years and we had a few battles with Tyrone and obviously the work ethic he installed with them definitely going to refresh the, the live GAA and uh, it has because I've just seen players uh, come back rejuvenated and hopefully players are looking forward to the, the campaign in, in, in a few weeks yeah, you must have been uh, itching to get going with the lads. Was it was it hard to work with them? Like, or do you, is it easy to work with goalkeepers doing sessions maybe online or through COVID? It's it's difficult enough because even with the COVID last year, we don't look at see a lot of it was uh, gym related sessions and okay. um, we couldn't really do much. It was a lot of just keep themselves fit and then when we got back into a bit, a bit of outdoor training we could do it but um, we basically done a few sessions before Christmas and then during before the new year and then we only started last week uh, in back full training again so but uh, it, it, yeah it's difficult you can't do much online you can't make them dive around their back garden and stuff. it's just not not practical so as long as they just keep themselves fit which they have and uh, and then we just try and catch up when uh, we get back on the field because um, there's that there's that great um, video I think it was during the first lockdown of a kid and he's knocking the ball against the wall and diving across the, diving across his own backyard and in the in the uh, goals. I thought you might I thought you might have Craig Lynch doing something like that or maybe Sheiky. No, I I'd always I always relate to do things that would I want to be doing it and obviously I played for just over twenty years and if I was asked to do that pick up all the games wall and dive in my garden and I probably wouldn't be too <laughs> too happy doing it uh, but I, I, I try and install that with all the keepers and I've kept in touch with them all and then obviously when, when we came back it's just full steam ahead and we'll catch up on all the things that, that we need to do uh, to get ready for the, the first game What was the biggest things you have to work on now Steve? Is it like fundamentals of goalkeeping? Is it 
um, working on kick out, hitting targets. What's the main thing now? Like, because you're in a bit of a hurry, I suppose, with 20 days or less till the first game against Antrim. What what is the work with the goalkeepers entail? Well, I, I think you've got to break it down to kind of understand that every kick that, that they do, the distribution side of it, that they understand what they have to do, where the kicks are going. The players have to understand where the kicks are going. Uh, they have to be a goalkeeper as well, so we're trying to make them be a solid, dependable, reliable goalkeeper. Okay. And obviously, um, the high ball is a big issue with goalkeepers, so we're working on that as well. And then we're trying to work on um, just basically being vocal and organising and making sure that they keep their, their backs defensively sound. And then obviously, when the ball goes out or the ball goes over the bar or wide, then they turn into a, a very offensive side of the game, which is getting the ball out and keeping possession of the ball so but it's just trying to make them feel that they're in control of the game which they are because they are like a a quarterback in American football they are trying to throw the ball out to keep possession of the ball and and try and create an offensive attack to go and score points and and obviously when it gets broken down they turn into a defensive unit so it's just understanding that when the ball goes forward they have to make sure that um, they're very very defensive minded and, and and that's key to, to being successful in the game and I, I tried to implement that a lot with um, Rory Began over over the years because I've worked with him probably the longest for probably 10 years now and when, when he first started we kind of pulled it from the minors and, and tried to cre- I tried to create this um, goalkeeper that could kick a ball anywhere and it kind of it, it, it done alright you know he done, done well out of it so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, trying to, we're, trying, we're trying to do the same with all the goalkeepers now where you put the ball down on the on the line, and no one knows where it's going. If you give an opportunity to find a bit of space, the goalkeeper will do it, and it's a good weapon to to create from your goalkeeper. And, and obviously, um, they're relying now on goalkeepers to be a strong, strong part of the of the team. Yeah, like you've seen probably firsthand if you've worked with Rory Began since he was a minor, maybe that you've seen the game evolve. Well, the goalkeeping game evolve, and is that a good challenge as a goalkeeping coach? Well, when I was with Eamon McEnany back in 2011, when I first went to Monon, because I was with Loud for two years, uh, a couple of years before that, um, we, we had no number two goalkeeper, and um, he basically said, um, we found Rory Beckham playing for the minors, and Eamon McEnany goes, right, well, do what you want with him? And I kind of was a bit surprised, saying, okay, do you mean that? And he goes, yeah. So so we had to get his technique right, his um, coordinated technique of kicking the ball correctly, which took... A long, long time to do, and uh, and then when he could find that, we created different types of um, lengths and distances that he could kick. He could always kick the ball a mile, but he was trying to kick a ball long distance with control, and then obviously kicking it shorter and being versatile in creating a weapon that can kick the ball anywhere. You know, and that's that's what, what we done, or well, sort of what we done with him for uh, for a couple of years, and then obviously I left then to go to Dundalk FC, and but we kept in touch. We done a few sessions, and then. I went back a few years later and worked with them for the next three years before I left again in 2019. So it was, yeah. but I'm still working with this club, Scotstown, for the last five, right. five, six years. So still in touch with them. Yeah, because you kind of see that like uh, there's more demand in specialist coaches anyway. Do, do you think that even with Dundalk, it's it kind of evolved in soccer as well that you see Ederson, you see Allison, they have to come out and be nearly like a fifth defender or a, a third centre back. They have to be so comfortable on the ball. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's that's what you do with um, the, the Gaelic goalkeeper now. So years ago, you just stood in the goal, you kicked it a mile, and then you uh, tried to attempt to save a shot. Whereas 
back in the day in, in soccer, it was the same. You said you were a goalkeeper, you saved goals, or you tried to save shots. Whereas nowadays, it's you're an extra outfield player. You're, you're someone that gets involved with the, the play at the back. And same as the goalkeeper. They could, obviously, the, the hardest part is when they um, kick the ball out, they can't receive it back. So that's, that's one part yeah, that's very yeah. awkward. So they have to think about the next pass after they kick it out to make sure they're not going to give it away to, to whoever they're playing the ball to. But, yeah, it's evolved. And, and what I like doing is evolving with it and not staying back in my roots of back in the day. It doesn't exist anymore. We, uh, we roll on to whatever's the game is being done at the time and that's what I always try and do. Is uh, Stephen Cluxon to blame, Steve? Yeah, I think I think um, his short kickouts has, has changed changed the game of Gaelic by second to none, definitely. And um, everybody's tried to follow suit, but the, the biggest thing is if, you, if your technique's not right, then you'd be kicking balls all wrong. But uh, he, he's got a great team to play, Stephen has as well, and uh, he's taken it to a level and the still keeper's still trying to, to to catch up and keep up with him and uh, I think uh, what we've done with Roy Began has, has helped and uh, it has pushed the boundaries to all the other goalkeepers to try and get to that level and there's only a few that actually have and uh, the rest are all striving to do it. Yeah and it's funny like is there a case there where you could, could exploit nearly a long game now with everyone going so short? Is, do you look at it that way of thinking? No I, th- I think um, short is on, mid- medium kick is on and long's on so I mean well, yeah, yeah. don't have to not everybody has to play the same way and some teams might still go long but um, if you can do all or all of the kicks then you become a weapon if it seems press up against you then the only option sometimes is to kick it long so I mean it's having the versatility to know what to do when you need to do it I suppose is the best way of saying it yeah yeah and is there, is there key targets you'd look for in goalies like say now you're, you're back in I don't think Craig was there the last time you you, you were in with Loud, but you four new goalies. Are you are you analysing them to kind of fix maybe critiques in their game, or are you just working with what you have? Or what what way do you what way do you assess your, your four goalkeepers you're working with at the moment? No, look, I worked with Craig last year with uh, Nate Martin, so that's a, I, I worked with Craig and Nate Martin probably a decade ago with the club Nate Martin in in Drogheda, but um, I worked with the team all last year. And obviously Jim McGuinness came along and, and yeah, gave, a, yeah. gave a helping hand as well. So I kind of got to see Craig a bit more and we kind of worked on a lot of a lot of things with him. So it was just great to get the chance now to, to work on a county level with him and try, try and get him up to a, a good level, which is, you know, getting the best out of him for, for the remaining years, however many years he wants to carry on playing for. And I mean, he can keep going and Cluxton's setting the bar again for age, age profile. So he's close to 40 now I think and he's still playing so I mean you can keep playing as long as you want as long as you have the hunger for it and and the, the basis with the goalkeeping is, is is obviously just be good at everything or average to good at everything that's my, my kind of philosophy and uh, once they do that we find something they're not good at we'll, we'll target it and make sure that they feel comfortable doing it because we have, we have quite um, actually before you said that you mentioned like Stephen Cluxon being 40 I seen you with Coventry, and I always remember Steve Grizovich. He was like, yeah, yeah. he was really, he was playing really old. Well, it felt like he was really old at the time, but probably is, he probably wasn't even that old. Maybe he was in his forties, was he? With Coventry, he was. He, he retired close to forty. Yeah, oh, he was yeah. There and he was early, uh, when I when I was there, he was probably thirty-two, thirty-three. And um, what kind of hurt him when when I was there was the back pressure came in in the, in the middle of my time there, and half the keepers couldn't kick a ball. It was it was bizarre <laughs> because. Peter Shilton couldn't kick it up to the 
centre circle of his own half, and it, it was bizarre. But he he was one of the probably the, the core keepers I looked up to because he worked so hard and when he couldn't kick the ball out because they weren't used to it, then that's one thing he practiced every day. He kept working and working and working at it to, to make sure he could do it. And that, that kind of gave me a bit of passion to, if you're not good at something, you've got to stay out and yeah, stay yeah. on the training ground till till not that you've perfected it, but you just feel comfortable that you can do it. Because I think he's a goalkeeping coach now as well, isn't he? With Coventry? No, he he, he retired. He actually retired a year and a half ago. So Was he's it? actually in retirement now. So he retired from the Coventry City Academies uh, about uh, you know, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years. So yeah. he's he's uh, he's relaxing now and enjoying uh, his retirement after a long long spell. Yeah, he was like one of the iconic people of the uh, goalkeepers of the Premier League, the early Premier League. Um, I'm showing my age right. here now as well, but um. Oh, he was, he was accepted. Yeah, he was, he was. And, and oh, along with that, like, you mentioned the work ethic there. Like, goalkeepers nowadays, it's it's nearly like an individual kind of sport where they have to work on their game, they're going to isolate themselves to get up to that level. I think I think you have to put extra hours in and extra work and to, to try and get that level. That, that my, my kind of way of thinking is look behind and see me in the goal, that they're happy, whereas... I don't want to turn around and go, oh my God, you know, so-and-so's in goal. I, I don't want that feeling from, yeah, from the yeah, players. So, yeah. I, I mean, you, you always want to try and get on the training ground work, but then you have to imp- implement yourself into the team as well and try and get you know, the players on your side as well because there's no point staying away and doing all the, the football training and, and then keeping yourself in the isolation. You have to mix in with your team and become uh, kind of a funny character, but then you have to produce goods on the pitch as well on the field sorry you have to do that as well so but you have to become a bit mad the, the goalkeepers aren't mad anymore they're just they're nice and easy they're very critical <laughs> the, the social media's out there so they kind of look at look at look at marks and i try and keep away from social media because i know how well i played i know how what i done if i had a bad game i knew it if i had a good game and someone criticized me i wouldn't really be bothered because i i knew how i played and i try and give them as well to know social media yeah it's there but just play your game and we'll we'll correct all the problems that are right and wrong in the game and and then once you see performances playing really well that then we'll we'll credit them as well but when you play poorly we'll find we'll try and find a solution for the for the error or the mistakes you know and that's what is crucial to goalkeeping is you know me being like a mentor a, a coach someone that's there for yeah. them mentally physically and that that's what Goalkeeping coach is not just setting up sessions to dive right and left. Me trying to tutor them to make them better and, and get the best out of them, and that's that's one thing. And uh, I like to think I've done that with a lot of goalkeepers with uh, Dundalk I work with, and all the, all the keepers through the year. But you have to be willing to want to learn as well. That's that's the the biggest part. You kind of take a personally like a personal kind of holistic view of goalkeeping. It's like improving the person, improving the goalkeeper, improving their confidence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'd always be under the illusion that, that if I make a mistake, that's fine. But players make more mistakes than me, and I get highlighted more of my mistakes. So, but I always made sure the players knew that if I made a mistake, I'd always highlight that they made five or six. I have a very sharp, um, sharp wit with me, and um, players knew that if, if I made one mistake, I'd, I'd know they'd made five in the game, and they might have slipped, and I saved a shot, and then I might have. Yeah, and I, I like to get the reverse back, whereas they help me out if I do make a make a boo boo, as we call it. 
Are you are you teaching the the lads in terms of being vocal, more vocal and talking? Like maybe not obviously like your centre backs, but you're talking to your full your full back and your your corner backs. Is it is it that same relationship? Are you coming out and shouting forward right to field as well? Well, we've only kind of started back uh, yeah, last yeah. week, but it, it, it's basically us as goalkeepers working with the, the six backs, really. I suppose the six defenders, as we call them, and making sure that. We're a tight unit. We're defensively organised. We do use our vocals. We aggressively go to the ball. So it, it is like a... Uh, in soccer, we call it like a back five, but in Gaelic, I call it a back seven. Okay. Because the backs and, and the goalkeeper, and, and they're united into how well the ball is uh, defended, how well the ball is distributed out, because they have to make the movement after the balls. You know, once they've done their defensive uh, side of the game, it's about um, how they can get into a good position to receive the ball. That, that's the next thing so they're working on both sides of the game which is quite hard for a, for a, a back but once they know what they're doing it's, it's kind of half the battle and, and, and like in recent times you've, you've worked with Ireland and the, the national side that, that must mean a really yeah. good experience yeah yeah I mean I was part of the Welsh setup for a while for a good few years back in um, back in the mid 90s so I kind of know how international football works and I played for every level bar senior international but I was in the squad a few times but as soon as uh, I, I went to the camp, it was um, it, it was quite quite easy enough. It's just a bit more of a professional step up from what we done at Dundalk FC. The the same thing. You kind of do the same kind of philosophy. You work on every the team you're playing. You work on all the kind of dangerous plays that the the team have. When we played Bulgaria, I went straight to the analyst. He gave me all the information that I needed. Then I had a meeting with all the goalkeepers, and uh, we went through. There were little bits of the game and penalties and all dangerous parts of what Bulgaria do, and then we implement it in training, different ways of how we can kick the ball out and stuff. But it, it's it's the same thing. But obviously, when when I was there, it was a bit of a awkward time with the the COVID issue yeah. with Alan Kelly and, yeah. and, and and so on. But look look, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and my uh, Darren got a, a clean sheet, so it was nice that way as well. But it's only a brief <laughs> brief uh, brief stint, you know, <laughs> one off. But but maybe not. But but the reason I ask you that, how does this, how does Mickey Hart set up compare so far? Oh look, look, he, he's he's as professional as you can get in the in, okay. in, the, in the sport, and he uh, I've just listened to him a few times, and kind of the hairs go up on your arms because the passion's there and the drive's still there. And uh, if I always listen to that, and once I hear some a manager talking, and and I the hairs come up on my arms, and I'm not even playing, then then I know that. I'd be inspired to uh, to play, and I always did. I mean, if I had managers that that didn't uh, talk the talk, I thought I suppose talk the talk and didn't walk the walk, then it'd be hard trying to play from. But the ones that, that that do that, you'd go through a brick wall for them, and right. I, I can see all the all the panel doing that for him anyway, definitely. Yeah, and you can see that everyone's fit and everyone's rare and for action. Yeah, look, look, it's it, it's a it's a period of time now. That it's not it's not done over overnight. It's it's a, it's a process, and it's something that uh, obviously he's come in, Mickey and Gavin have come in and, and they're, they're really going to work on changing the whole mindset of the county as well from the supporters right through to the, 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 the panel and it, it doesn't happen straight away. It does take a couple of years to really get that uh, yeah. drive and it took, took us the same at Dundalk. It took us two years to actually really get the, the team where we wanted it, it to be and, it, it, and when we did, we had a good good four or five years of a good spell where we dominated um, Irish football and obviously the, the times now is, is, is can they still do it but it, it's hard to know 
Yeah, we, we have a lot of good goalkeepers in the county as well. Like we all, we've ne- nearly generally always had um, good goalkeepers in the county, and there's there's, uh, there's younger ones coming through as well. I know you have Martin McInerney in with you, uh, from the under twenties. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's it, the future looks good, um, Steve. You, would you yeah, would you yeah, like? I mean, sorry, don't you go on continue. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I mean, like, uh, as, lo- as long as the goalkeepers want to learn and get better, then, I mean, like, we're, we've got abundance of goalkeepers, and there's probably more that we, we can look at as well. But, I mean, the, 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 the ones we have there now at the minute, they're are working hard. And the one, the one thing I'll do is I'll always work them hard to a level, right, and right. I'm always going to be there for them to improve. So, yeah, we, we, we're in a very strong position in the goalkeeping department, definitely. Yeah, you sound like, you sound like a hard taskmaster, uh, Steve. Yeah. No, I, 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 I always, I always, I always was hard but fair. I always, <laughs> I always make sure the goalkeepers leave the training ground where they've done all parts of the game, and they leave with a smile on their face because there's nothing yeah, worse yeah. than coming to training and not getting all the work done, and you feel a bit, you know, let down. So even if we we don't do much in the session, we we stay behind and we need to do a bit more than we do a bit more because, you know, we've got a short turnaround before. Before we start our first game against Antrim, and it 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 has to be uh, we have to do everything we possibly can to get them get them right. And, and um, with with and analysing goalkeepers, do you ever look at opposition goalkeepers for the for like you know, for Sid and Doc or for Monaghan to get a read on on some of their habits or some of their kind of kinks or to give away signs or what have you? Not, not specifically for me because that that would be like. Um, I'd only look at if I saw something positive that I think I could implement into into my own goalkeepers, but I wouldn't really be bothered okay. with yeah. opposition because that that's the one thing a lot a lot of um, a lot of coaches do. They I know we have to look at the opposition team, but once we're set up right and we know all the opposition what they do, then I think um, if we set up the right way and we do it on a on a regular basis, then the results will just naturally naturally come the way they are but um no i wouldn't i wouldn't be i, I try and keep the, the analysis side very short because sometimes say when i was with dundalk we've done a lot of analyst work and sometimes the players attention span can yeah, last 10 minutes yeah. and we're there an hour and, and i know that it's just going in one ear out the other ear so we have to keep it very current very brief very to the point of what we're telling them in very very simple terms otherwise they, we do lose the players and, and you can ask them a question uh, five minutes later of what you spoke about and they could forget because you've just overloaded too much information into their brains so I mean short short and often of the same basic information and, and they'll take it on board and uh, you, you've been living in Dundalk and you've played for Dundalk and you've played for Drogheda so you've a great affinity with Loud so it's only right that you're, you're back with the Loud GA team yeah I was, I was only two years at Dundalk and one year at Drogheda so it wasn't wasn't uh, I'd say too long but uh, no I, I love playing for, for both the clubs Dundalk is where I kind of made my mark and and had two two very successful years, and that obviously got me a few moves to England that didn't materialise. But um, then I eventually was sold to Shelburne and Dublin. But um, yeah, I mean it's 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 here where I'm based. I kind of like doing stuff local. All my goalkeeping academies are here in Dundalk, so I don't kind of travel anymore to do them. Everyone comes to me from Cavan, uh, all Northern Ireland, Armagh, everywhere to come to my my venue here. So. Uh, it saves me travelling, and if they really want to learn to become a goalkeeper, then they have to do a bit of commuting and travelling to to do it as well. But yeah, I'm I'm actually delighted to be be on board. You, you're uh, you're an honorary loud man. Would, would that be right? With fair and saying that, Steve. 
Pardon? You're an honorary loud man now at this stage. Is, is that fair? Yeah, I, I, th- I think um, I only actually, I only lived, in, lived in Wales for 16 years and then I left home, so kind right. of I've been in loud more than than my Welsh roots. So right, uh, right. yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of Welsh. My children are both born in Drogheda as well, so yeah, kind of I, I take that I take that mantle no problem. Yeah, did you you weren't coaxed into playing with any of the local sides in Dundalk? No, for Gaelic. No, no, I was actually. My own, my only thing was uh, Armagh uh, spoke to me when I was at Dundalk years ago, and they were trying to get me to get involved with uh, the panel there back right, in the nice. back in the late nineties. But that that kind of uh, I was very shocked because I wouldn't have been <laughs> too familiarised with Gaelic only with the, the lads I lived in 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 Coventry with. They're actually live with eight Irish lads, so they kind of uh, we played a bit of Gaelic on um, Sunday afternoons in Coventry okay. when I was like seventeen. So I did understand Gaelic from them, but if it comes to playing. County level, I wouldn't be uh, too confident, I suppose, but because you, I was just too too into my soccer. I suppose. But you did play Gaelic in Coventry. Yeah, we played. We played most every yeah. second Sunday. Yeah, oh, we yeah. went and played. Uh, yeah, because we had um, uh, there's a big Irish contingent in Coventry, and some of them played for Republic of Ireland that actually um, uh, lived in Coventry but had Irish roots, and the parents moved over back in the the eighties and seventies and eighties. So there's, there's Gaelic clubs all over all over England. So. Yeah, yeah, so no. Play, uh, yeah, I, I did. I lived in England for a while, and I, we would have went up to Leeds and Newcastle. But we never played in Coventry. Just a surprise when you said it there. And uh, were, you, were you in with, with the Quinn? Uh, Tor- there's Kevin Thornton from Drogheda. He was. He's probably after you in Coventry, was he? He was well after me. Yeah, yeah. I was there. I, I signed in 1989 and left in 1993. So it would have been. Yeah, he's. Uh, I'm a lot bit older than him. You know so. Would you have liked to play in even club level GA? Um, I don't. I don't know. It, it's it's something that um, it, it's way past me now. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I had my career. I had my career in sport, and I'm I'm kind of you can't turn back the clock, and you can't. I can't say I wish I'd done this when I was younger, but I'm, yeah. I'm happy with what I've kind of done so far in my my career in in soccer, and obviously my my Gaelic roots. I started, I suppose, back in. Um, Early two thousand, I suppose when I first started, but um, yeah, that's brilliant. I, 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 I'd like to say I would, but I mean, I, I can't change the past, and I, I'm just trying to keep going with uh, evolving the goalkeepers today. Brilliant. Well, Steve, I wish you the best of luck with with Loud and over the next couple of weeks as well. Thanks very much for taking taking the call. Thanks very much. Thanks, Steve. Cheers, thank you. So there you go. That's episode one four five finished. That's. It's open season, generation, the next generation is in really good hands. They're going to bring that feeling with them for the rest of their lives because memories were made this week with new players, with like coaches and everything enjoying the experience as well. And we're all, as GA Gales or patrons, so happy to be back that it's uh, not to be taken for granted forever again. Um, now, the, the, now for the adult players, the club players, they'll be back the tenth of May as well. Don't know, I'll probably be more giddy than the the juveniles and the new players this this week. But um, yeah, hope you enjoyed that podcast with Steve. Um, I did great, fella, um, really good, honorary loud man, as I said at the end, at this stage. And um, yeah, more of that to come. Like I said, sign up patreon.com forward slash loud and proud. Thanks very much for listening. Chat to you during the week. And if not, I'll chat to you next Sunday. Mind yourself, we're nearly there. Football is nearly on the rise. And loud and proud will take it all to you. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. Sing it loud, sing it proud.